Well, we should probably start. It's great to have you join with us. Um, if you're not sure what you've come to, we're going to be having a bit of a conversation around planting into a new world. And we've gathered amazingly, actually, we're representing Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland. And Freedom! And England. In England, in the capital, in Manchester. So let's, <laughs> I just want to give you guys, can I just give you a few minutes maybe just to introduce yourselves, the context of who you are, where you're leading, maybe as well, just a few reflections, maybe on a, let's just start with maybe an opportunity and a challenge that you're seeing in this moment as we're, we're entering into a new world. Is that okay? Maybe should we start in Scotland with you, James? Is that okay? Oh, I, I was hoping you were going to start with Alison because I started the other bit. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So, uh, just in terms of introductions, guys, uh, firstly, just a privilege to be a part of this little call today and be a part of the multiply stream. You know, um, it's brilliant to be a part of that. Um, I'm married to my best friend and spiritual guru, Victoria. She's, she's the, the brains and the beauty and the spirituality behind our partnership. <laughs> uh, we have two teenage girls. Um, I'm on staff here at uh, Catalyst Vineyard up in Aberdeen with the very wonderful Chuck and Taryn. We heard from Chuck last night and uh, yeah, it was powerful. And um, in terms of responsibilities, I am one of the site pastors. We're a multi-site church. And over the years, I've had the opportunity to, along with an amazing team, be able to start two other sites in our region. And then more recently, I'm back in the city centre, uh, where we're just, we've been having lots of fun uh, before the COVID invasion, let's put it that way. Uh, but also, um, yeah, so I'm based there. I also have some responsibilities around our own mission and mission partners and coaching and preach, uh, coaching our preaching team as well. So many a hat, but I think I'm here this afternoon because I also recently joined the Vineyard Mission Team. And uh, if you don't know much about that uh, across the UK, it's uh, we're a group of people who are just passionate, really, to stir the heart of um, all of us in local church to greater uh, mission enterprise, and but also to connect global mission and the global family with the local family, and uh, see what happens when that uh, when those two spheres connect, collide, or in friendship. Uh, I just believe it cuts back into our own um, local. Uh, experience, we learn a load of stuff, and it sets uh, people on fire, you know, for the gospel. It's a good thing. So I think local and global are definitely not mutually exclusive. Uh, I think that we've heard already throughout uh, this time that those things are coming out of an experience of God. That's me. Uh, reflections, wow. Um, I, 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 we already said earlier on, I think uh, all of God's mission is bo is born out of a fresh vision of Christ. I mean, that was Alexander Venter earlier on today. And I, for me, I, I just think, wow, that's my story. Um, and I know that that's lots of other people's story as well. And so 
you know, we're back in the upper room, if you like, I think. And then just one other thing is my reflections over COVID and all of that, you know, um, we often say, don't we, uh, everybody gets to play in the vineyard. And I think COVID has shown that everybody gets to care. Mm. And I think in this window, we're hearing everybody's going to get to share. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think it's like this, this COVID window is, is now highlighting the importance of a, a deeply multifaceted gospel and the person of Jesus. And mm. so I think we're going to, my prayer is we come out, emerge out of this COVID time uh, with a fresh empowering that everybody, all of us, are better equipped to demonstrate the gospel and to share Jesus. And sometimes it will be up from sharing first and then demonstrating, and other times it will be the other way around, uh, but just a remarriage of these things. That's me. Yeah, amazing. Alison, what about you? Wow. Well, I am married to Hugh, and we live in, uh, well, near Ballymena. We're in the rural area of Glaryford. I don't know, I'm sure none of you have heard of Glaryford. Cultural centre of the universe, wonderful place. <laughs> and we live on a farm. Hugh farms organically. We've got four lovely daughters, Molly, Grace, Olivia, and Emily. So life is full. And so we planted Mid Antrim Vineyard back in November 2019. So God spoke to Hugh in the milking parlor. Um, he came into the house to me and he said, Within five years, we're going to be planting a church. And I was like, No way. <laughs> that went very well. <laughs> so we've now planted the church. Um, so we planted out of Causeway Coast Vineyard. And uh, yeah, so things have accelerated. We have um yeah we've got some really phenomenal people who have connected in with us but it feels in many ways like we've planted and then lockdown and planted and then lockdown so this will when we emerge out of this we'll be like planting for the third time <laughs> so it's kind of fun um yeah we're just on a, a, an adventure the lord asked us to plant a family of faith hope and love and we we just want to be a family who love people and if we can ignite everyone in our church community to love someone really well, um, we think we'll really make an impact. Um, just simple acts of kindness, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to get everyone to realize that actually you can do something. And I think if anything for us, the, the challenge has been just the size of the need that we're now aware of. And everybody's talking about the scale of everything. We're gonna need God-sized solutions for this God-sized you know the size of, of what we see as a need and, and we're just trying to figure out lord what can we do mm. um because we only have so much capacity but actually he's got so much availability so what what we're trying to figure out is the wee phrase we've been leaning into is um narrow the focus and follow the favor so we've just been looking at the need and then asking god to help us to narrow that into something that we can actually really make an impact in there so we're just in the process of discovery really and uh, yeah things are going good I'll and it's lovely actually to be part of this conversation so thank you I, an honor i love that phrase narrow narrow yeah. the focus and follow the favor i haven't heard that before i'm not sure if it was maybe it may have been someone else we i started with follow the favor and then i i, I may have seen it written down so i'm not going to claim any cred somebody can help me there. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, if i were you i'd claim it now i would claim it now because because yeah, okay. james rankin will nick it 
<laughs> it's already written down and nicked. I had this revelation at um, thirteen forty-two, and I it was just you know, <laughs> narrow the focus, follow the favour. I don't know where it yeah, came no, from. It, thank you, Lisa, in the chat line has confirmed it for me. There it was Alan Scott. Yeah. There you go. Oh, say, great guy. Well, it's Alan Scott the first. Too late, James. Yeah. <laughs> Second time it's just somebody great, and the third time it's your own. So we're nearly there. <laughs> But uh, James, what about what about you? Oh yeah, I'm I'm down in Cardiff uh, with Jen and three daughters. Um, we came about twelve years ago. Planted. We've been on the motorcycle journey, you know, following Aberdeen, and um, yeah, also involved with multiply and church planting, and and have the joy of basically taking a big spoon and trying to stir the movement. That's underlyingly my heart. <laughs> is that you know, it's a it's a bit like door opening and uh so one of the one of the things that you talked about earlier paul was you know what what's the opportunity and i think the opportunity is to get the big spoon out and stir everything up in the sense that am i it's the freedom to innovate and pioneer is that god made us a pioneering movement you know i have the the joy with you paul of being on with our church plants that have gone out in the last two years different cohorts and you know i was really worried you know, as the pandemic kind of kicked in, I was like, oh, are they going to be all right? You, you know, and you're like, oh, this could be really <laughs> difficult. And then I come off those calls and I'm like, you guys are flipping awesome. Do you know what I mean? Nick that, nick that, <laughs> nick that. Um, but, the, but the incredible pioneering and innovation that we're seeing. And so if I was to say, what's the opportunity? I would say you can't fail right now, pretty much. The only way you can fail is to not try something. Yeah. And, you know, the, the churches that will come out of COVID having failed are those that try to do exactly the same thing that they did before. And, you know, it's like, well, we're waiting till we can re-meet. It's like, well, that's probably going to fail. Whereas if you try things, so there's almost like this, this openness right now. Um, cities are looking to want to partner. You know, there's partnerships all over the place. We're experiencing right, that right now of people coming towards us and being like, hey, can we partner? Partnerships with the government, with the councils that haven't been there before because they're sitting there going, how do we how do we mobilize volunteers? How do we do these things? You know, community groceries, compassion ministries um, are just exploding all over the place. And so I, th I think that the opportunity is the freedom to innovate and pioneer. And we, as a movement, I just sit, hit, sit here and I'm like, we are so well placed to do this. This is our DNA. And it goes with that. Let's follow the spirit. And the spirit is there. The spirit is moving. He's on the move. And so, you know, I feel deeply, you know, let, let's not. Uh, I've fallen off the cliff on Tuesday, but I'm back today. Um, you know, I had a bad day and I was like, it's all rubbish. It's all terrible. Like, I can't go. <laughs> And I, and I hate everything and I hate homeschooling. And so that was Tuesday. Sorry, but by Wednesday, the wind of the spirit had come again and James was off flying again with his big spoon. So, um, brilliant. Just, yeah. So, you know, let's be real. It's not easy. But at the same time, the opportunity is staggering. And then the challenge, sorry, just the one thing that I was thinking about with challenge is the greatest um, is the challenge to be prepared. So I, the Lord gave me a picture about a month ago um, and it was of the armour of God and this season that we're in. And the danger is people lie down and they're like, oh, it's just time to take a break. It's time to rest. There's not that much we can do. And it's like, no, the challenge is to put on the armour of the God, God to be stood there waiting, ready. Mm. Uh, I love the Jesuit phrase with one foot raised. It's mm. such a 
beautiful <laughs> picture to live with one foot raised and to be prepared for when we can move into a new season and it will be in drips and drabs and it'll be all over the place but to live with one foot raised for me i i love that phrase and so the challenge is to be prepared love yeah. that great so we're i mean we're living in a new reality and we need to be people that uh, adapt and respond to that and one one of the things we wanted to do today is just phrase sorry frame this conversation around a, um a number of points that charles spurgeon used he himself he walked through uh the um cholera outbreak but he saw the plague of london go before him and he learned a number of things and he pr he said that, that what he needed to do was prioritize or cause his people to prioritize five things I'm just going to name them and then we're going to work through each of them in our time together. But he said, you've got to prioritise local ministry. He adjusted his meetings, but continued to meet. That was the second one. The third one is um, he prioritised caring for the sick. The fourth one was just seizing the moment of being open to new evangelistic opportunities. And then the final one to cause people to entrust their lives mm. to God. So if I can just pick up the, the first one, he said during that cholera outbreak, that he had previously many engagements all around the country and was doing many different things. But not only couldn't he travel, he also felt it was his duty to be on the spot in such a time of disease, death and sorrow. And um, if we can pick that one up, that he prioritised locally, did what he could. Just to kickstart the conversation, as I was thinking about it, I think for us personally, and even us as a church, I would say we've owned our street in a way maybe like never before. We've sought to reach out with compassion to understand local needs and that we can't waste time. This is not just a time to sit back and work it out, you know, what's going to be. Actually, we've got a moment and a window to do something now and to live with purpose without distraction. What, what about you guys though? What would, what would be some of the, the points that would come out of that? Think, What's it look like to prioritise the local? I think just going back to uh, the opportunity and then what you've just said there, Paul, I was just thinking like the greatest opportunity we have today in this moment really is about building a platform of trust. It's about rebuilding something that has been maybe eroded uh, where the social transformation teams and volunteers that are actively doing the food parcels and going into hospitals and as we saw with Nikki and Joe DeToy and Ali and Dave and the others and the thousands that have done that. I think there's a rebuilding of, wow, the church can be trusted. And I think that's a huge moment, isn't it? Because when it, when the bridge has been rebuilt and, and people are beginning to feel the love of God and, the, and tangibly, then it cracks open a door to have conversations and prayer. So for me, I'm just seeing this is a wonderful um, portal back into rebuilding trust in our communities. And I think we've seen that here in Aberdeen uh, and, um, and, and, it, and, and, and it's still growing. And I think we've seen it right the way across the movement. So when there's trust in place, then a voice, you know, you can speak into stuff, can't you? You've, it feels like we're re-earning the right to say yeah. some stuff. And I think church history says something about that, doesn't it? About how, you know, the um, in Antioch, you know, when, when disease came into Antioch in that first century, church history states where people fled those quarters 
it says that the Christians stayed. And when they stayed, the church grew and it cost them. But trust was played in, in the thick of it. Just a thought. Yeah, good. I know you've you said that before when we've chatted about it recently that this is it's a real moment of listening and learning as well, isn't it? Where we can really advance forward in just relationally connecting with with our communities and people. I could hop in there with a little story from a couple of days ago, just but which I think actually ties in with what you're saying there, James. I had a phone call a couple of days ago from uh, my youngest daughter Emily. She's twelve, and I got a just a courtesy call from a teacher. He was phoning around all the parents and saying, how are your children doing? Are the settings too much work? Or, you know, how are things going? But I could tell in her voice, she was just really stressed. And so thankfully we're doing okay. But I said, you know, do you mind if I just turn this conversation around? How are you doing? And there was this pause for a moment. I think it's probably that trust thing coming up, James. And actually she said, actually, I'm really struggling. Mm. And for the next 20 minutes, this young teacher just poured out her soul to me. I said, look, this is private to me. I want to encourage you. This is going no further. It's just a chat. And, and she just poured out her soul. And so I, at the end of it, I was able to pray for her. I said, you know, we want to follow through in this. We're going to leave some flowers and thank you cards up to the school. What can we do just to, to change that climate for you? So, yeah, for us, that's some little thing that we can do, which hopefully will be quite profound, we hope. Brilliant. So good. Yeah, thanks, Alison. That's great. Uh, just in terms of us, um, or, or th this would be more personally than the church. You know what I mean? Because I, I think sometimes you come with your two hats, don't you? Of what's the church going to do, and you know, as an individual, what are some of the things that you feel called to as well? And um, you know, so in my local community, for instance, a couple of quite a few places have gone out of business in the last, I don't know, six months. Cafes, restaurants, um, which have been a real heartbeat of the community. And so that that breaks my heart. I'm like, that's not all right. And so um, there's been this beautiful um, bakery that's just gone down and, uh, you know, for one reason or, or another. And, you know, so from my perspective, I'm like, OK, let's let's start a kingdom business. You, you know, it's like there's a need. There's a gap. There's, there's a moment here. And being a pioneer, I'm like, I can see it. I can see what it is. And so for, for me, that's something that I'm like we can get the community on board to do this. And they're already talking about, oh, isn't it, isn't it a shame? It's like, well, do you know what? Actually, partly what God's given us is some skills to be able to do these kinds of things, as long as it's not a distraction. And I had to sit there before the Lord and be like, is this just me wanting a distraction? And it's like, no, 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 I think. And the Lord said, he said these words to me, he said, free to explore. Now, you know, ultimately, I don't know whether I'll get there. I don't know whether it will happen, but I'm like, I can see it and I can see and then, you know, God's breaking my heart for employment and, and all these things when you sit there in your local area and you're like, oh, jobs. And so, yeah, I guess I'm saying the local setting, you see the needs, you know what's happening. We've moved more local. That's been our, my experience the last year has taken us more and more, like you said, Paul, the street, the WhatsApps on the street. You know, um, parents in my situation are just crying out. Do you know what I mean? They are literally at the end of themselves. They are you know, the schools being home, they are at breaking point right now. And, you know, the local park and, you know, you have to be careful with the COVID rules and all of that. But they are they are desperate right now. And so the opportunities are there to, um, yeah, in local community. Yeah, just I mean, before we move on to the next one, I wonder for some people listening and joining us today, there's, there's almost just not letting this just be words it's actually the there's an invitation here isn't there there's a 
there's an activation moment of, of realizing this this might be you that there's 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 a something for you to step into in terms of serving in the local community of reaching out to some of these needs and activating in the, the pioneering spirit alongside the local church the the second thing he said was that he he kept meeting but adjusted his meetings and i guess we've all found that and it is amazing how quickly you can move when you have to you know how many have talked about doing certain things online and then suddenly within a matter of days and weeks we all we all were but was for you guys was it looked like we've been reshaped we've had to change structures we you know there's a with that i guess there's a moment of just breathing in a new freedom we're, we're almost as a new wineskin moment could you share some reflections around that well for us i think zoom has become our new best friend <laughs> <laughs> which has been a learning curve and we're still on it and um, what we did was as best as we could, we um, just kind of divided our, our church community emails into some like five or six groups and just had people just connect in with them by phone as well. Not everybody's comfortable on Zoom, so we did that. Um, for our kids, we just a couple of weeks ago, we launched that online and it's been amazing. We, we keep getting surprised that God can move through technology, but he can. And I love the surprises of God in this. Like, and the way that we've been able to learn things we probably would have said before and we never learned this but people really do need connections so where there's a need there's just an opportunity to get creative around it so yeah that's only probably there's nothing new in that i'm sure you guys are already doing that but yeah that's what we've done go james i think um i don't know i'm, I'm trying to think of a framework here you know when the spirit of God fell on the guys at Pentecost, it gave them new language, literally new language to speak to like the masses. And I suddenly think, you know, we've got to see that the online church service is a, such an incredible gift uh, in these times to communicate and to give people a taste of the possibility of a new life in Jesus. And initially, you know, it was, I, I think we've all probably had fun and games with this. I mean, Chuck and Taran, bless them. They, I think they had six months of filming out of their own home. That was our context, you know, before we went to live and we have a, a, a building where we could actually engage more of the team around that. Um, but I think it is a language and a way that people can secretly come along to church. And I think, you know, when we think about it like that, it's like the doors of our churches and buildings and small groups have suddenly been cracked open and people can sneak in and have a watch and, and get a taste potential. And we just don't know how many people are doing that really. But isn't that a beautiful thing and a beautiful opportunity? And so I think the online church service is actually a gift that we've maybe not really um took a hold of in the past or i thought personally i was like nah you know you, you've got to be together in person but i think it cracks open for a whole group of people maybe an entire generation uh just to come and have a taste of it i mean for us you know we did our christmas eve uh services you know we would do that across our sites normally you know we'd open it up to the community and do all of that and like lots of you guys would do and this year, I think, I think we did a, well, we, I know we did, we did a, a Christmas Eve family service, which was a bit of a laugh and a bit lighter. And then we did a, 
uh, a Christmas, what we call watch night service up here, uh, quarter past 11. The culmination of those, those two services, I think we had something in the region of 5,000 people connecting to them in some shape or form. Now, we don't know if that was just for five minutes or the whole lot. Now, I just think, wow, the net has been lobbed wide. I mean, talk <laughs> about an opportunity to just like so liberally. And we don't know you know, where and how that harvesting will come. You know, talking about what Chuck said last night, the field is white for harvest. I mean, wow. I mean, so I, I've had a rethink about the online church thing, and it's probably going to be here to stay for lots of us or in some shape or form for the future to have something like that going on because it's an inroad or a stepping stone, isn't it? It's a, a community in itself, but it's also a community that's moving towards integration and um the life and uh, and friendship and relationship of fellowship yeah yeah the phrase that i i've just had for the last month has been open the front door wide do you know what i mean like if i was to kind of say what james is exactly what james is just saying and you know i'm do you know what, if i'm really honest i'm nervous about it like there's part of me that's like oh but that's really vulnerable like as, as a leader <laughs> You're like, I don't know these people. So, so I've had a wrestle going on about it because I know in kind of in, in, in a kingdom perspective, it, of course, but then as a human being, there's this nervousness. It's like, oh, you're, but, but who are these people? I don't know. I don't know. Do I want to do that? And so there's that, that wrestle, you know, just being completely honest, there's that wrestle going on. But yeah, crank open the front door. And, you know, the other thing is connect your people. You know what I mean? So it's you've got these two things going on, hasn't it? Because, you know, the danger is you could be so outward focused in this moment. Do you know what I mean? It's about everybody out there that you don't bother to connect your people who are desperately in need of reassurance and pastoring and covering and small groups and the prayer meetings. So it's holding those two things. Open the front door, connect your people. And then, you know, a complete random one. You know, the last month prayer meetings for me have just been something that really do work on Zoom. Like that, that, you know, I think they're better, if anything. So, um, you know, we've just been doing Sunday night prayer, you know, and it's like, God, you know, it's a very simple thing. God, you've got to move. God, you've got to move. God, you've got to move. Do you know what I mean? You know, when you're like, that, that's kind of, that's it. God, you've got to move. But, you know, that format of just being able to put people in breakout rooms, you know, fast paced, you know, sticks, random people praying together and seeking God together. There is something that's being the cries of the people being imparted. You, you know, it, I just feel like a spiritual shift going on in this moment. So for me, again, I would never have known that would work, but it does. And it's brilliant. And I'm like, I love it. It's it's become like a highlight to me. You know, I'm like, I can't wait for the prayer meeting. And uh, yeah, so that's just a small example. That's good. I, don't, I think there'll always be a tension, but we just don't want to dismiss it just because we go back to in person. I guess I know we found that there's a number of people in our community that don't have devices, that don't speak English naturally, that live in a much poorer communities, that actually the online doesn't work. But there's a number where previously they might have struggled with the commute to get to a small group or there might be a single parent and not able to come out. Actually, we're giving we're giving points of access. And I guess it's constantly using the, the creativity yeah. for um, paving a way to the step forward. Just on the on the third one, then, is that he, he cared for the sick. And to, to start the conversation, I would say for us, 
goodness me, the partnerships and the trust we've been able to build through them because so often it's the the community and key significant players in it realizing the authority and the voice and the purpose of the church that I would say is leaving quite a lasting legacy. The the community connection and the, the political influence that we're able to have through whatever it might be with our compassionate outreach even on a local level of the street, but you know, the food bank or the stepping into provision or standing alongside a school that are finding this season, whatever it might be, these are major moments of partnership and connection, aren't they? But what about for you guys? We've been thinking about ways that we can, you know, perhaps if we can't, uh, we can't physically be in the hospital sometimes, but we've been more than aware of the weariness of our NHS staff and just uh, people, healthcare professionals. And so that was one of those, Lord, the need is huge here. Where, where do we start? So Tanar, the focus, and we prayed about it. Um, he has highlighted uh, like a, a cancer unit uh, to us. So what, what we can do, what we thought about doing is just a little idea. And if anybody else wants to do it, that's fine. We thought about flowers on the front line. So what we're going to do is we're just going to take this one unit, this cancer unit, and we have been able to find out on the sneak <laughs> um, how many staff members are right through from consultants to the amazing work the guys come and to clean the place and we're just gonna blast the whole place with flowers and just handwritten cards and just say do you know what you're doing an amazing job you know mm. keep going you're seen you're loved you're known and it's just those simple acts of kindness so that's something that we're doing because we're aware that it's not just those here in hospital beds at the minute who are who are sick um a lot of our carers are really struggling so we're trying to find ways of encouraging those who can do the jobs that we certainly can't mm -hmm. do and for us that's just coming against this whole thing of mental health or even just soul care and just how can we as the church say we, we we want to help we're here how can we do things it might be simple but it might be just all they need in that moment just you know we thought about setting up some sort of like a prayer line for them if they want to do that but we're not trying to be you know cleverly christian about it we're just wanting to love the people and to give them honor and to say we we love you and that's it's as simple as that for us at the moment brilliant really good i know i, I know as well i'd say um a lot of the, the the stuff in terms of compassion actually we're not restricted in was a number of other things we can't do maybe how we did before but often they've been a easiest access to the city that we, we'd have said this before the pandemic, but you can't get the whole city into the church, but you can get the whole church into the city. And actually, the compassionate outreach and our ability to do that has had no restriction on regulation. So we've, we've been able to mobilise people quite quickly and, and effectively into it. Let me, just because of time as well, let's just keep moving on. The, the fourth one, and um, this is fascinating in this moment, is he said that he opened himself up to new faith sharing opportunities there is without a doubt this is a moment that just gives that inflection point of hang on maybe we've always done it this way but what about and i wonder you guys i know we've shared some of them but just specifically to kind of hone in on that what what are the things that are happening and stirring and percolating and what are you dreaming of and believing for i mean I just really quickly, I just noticed in the in the chat that obviously Alpha is being mentioned as a massive tool, you know, in this moment of communicating the gospel. And 
I, I just think, you know, uh, with our social transformation work, that is a great tool just to be like putting in the bag with the food in a sense, you know, the invitation to something. And so for me, I was just thinking about the healing um, and the, 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 the opportunity to communicate Jesus. I think our social transformation leaders are a real key in it. Like, so if you take someone like Stephen and the seven, we, there was an inflection moment, wasn't there, in Acts, where they had, they had the need was massive, which we would all, we can see the need. But the type of people that, the, that those leaders chose was really important. And they model then, don't they, you know, what it means to, to feel, to see and to hear Christ in those moments with sensitivity no doubt when to you know there was a feeding program but then I guarantee and you read in Acts don't you that that Stephen was known for the acts of of, of the Holy Spirit moving through him and wondrous things and so I feel like um you know it might not be a full answer to the question Paul but the people in those who are running ministries are actually like that are super important uh, to bring this stuff together, full of the Holy Spirit, ready to pray for people. So I think the the thing about communicating Jesus is also a prayer moment as well, in that we actually communicate and demonstrate as we pray. So I would love, and I've been thinking about how do we uh, develop and train and equip and empower all of our social transformation volunteers better. Uh, so that there's a natural sense of when they're dropping stuff off, they're having conversations. They're like, hey, you know, is there anything we can pray for for you right now, right here? You know, and, it, and it's like we're moving into the kingdom sphere in a way uh, and those face to face, you know, with masks on and all the rest of it. But um, I think that's part of the next step. Yeah. You know what, James, I absolutely agree with you. I think, you, you know, that it's, it's the difference between the power of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not, sorry, it's good to feed people. It's good to do all of these things. But at the same time, you know, it's just part of, that's amazing. Jesus, you know, whatever you do, remember the poor. Absolutely. But when we come with the power of the Spirit and with training and with prayer and this is the real water suddenly when people are equipped to share both sides of that that's when we see kingdom breakthrough in, in an incredible way both those things and i think compassion is going to be the doorway yeah. wellness well-being compassion the government's talking a lot about wellness and well-being and um you know so i'm you, you know and as people come out of this that the connection the fear that so many people have of how to do relationship and did anybody love me and who's there for me? These are all the questions. And therefore, so for the next period of time, however long that is, two or three years, this, this, this is where the church gets to do something that nothing, nobody else seems to be able to do. There is a place for us to step into and which is what the church was always meant to be. But if it does it without the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the, danger so to hold those two things and i'm i'm yeah so i i completely agree with you yeah just going to pick up on a few of the, the questions that seem to be coming through and the, the chat as well I, i'd say um personally i think it's it's important that we 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 are us 
rather than trying to copy or compare ourselves to another church, another church leader, another church leader's personality or another church's size. And yeah. so I, I found it definitely when there was a moment where suddenly everyone was going live with their Sunday gatherings. And I'm thinking actually for our family, for our size of our church and our capabilities, and even for what we've got a heart for, we're not going to do it. We're going to keep, um, we will gather where we can virtually, but we will serve locally. And we prioritised a specific compassion project that we were doing that we could do in person and we believed was important over what a number of other churches around us were doing. And I, I think that's just helpful to say that actually the, the Lord will have put things on your hearts and he would have given you grace and gifting and favour for the moment that may be different to the church down the road or the other vineyard church that you often talk with. And that's an important thing because I think comparison is, it can be a really dangerous thing in this moment as well. I don't no, I think it's very helpful, Paul. I've been thinking about how just in particular, like, you know, we're, I don't know how we're, well, I certainly think we're not viewing this um, COVID thing as like a holding pattern now any longer. It's like, it's active waiting, isn't it? And I've been thinking about how Paul, um, when he went to Athens, you know, he's waiting for Timothy, but in the waiting, he's observing. And in his observations of what's going on around him, his engagement is shaped by it. You know, so he sees some things in Athens and he's perturbed by it. He's moved by it. And that moving in him moves him from, uh, you know, he's been teaching in the synagogue to the marketplace. And lots of us know that story. And then it's dialogue and it's re-engagement with dialogue. And, and I'm guessing for Paul, you know, I always think Paul had, you know, he was like all things to all people, wasn't he? So, um, you know, I think when he worked in the synagogue, he probably rocked up in rabbi robes and, and spoke rabbi language. But when he went into the marketplace, I guarantee he probably wasn't wearing a rabbinical robe. He would have been speaking the language of the people and perceiving things differently and dialoguing and learning. And I think that we're in a place, a fresh place of I don't see I'm not even sure. And I've done lots of street work over the years. I've preached in lots of different contexts. I'm not sure what the model is until we are filled again and then go again. And as we step into these areas of need or areas where we've been perturbed, we see something and we obey, then I think the model of engagement will come. I don't know. Maybe that's not an answer. I don't know. But sometimes we jump to the how before we've met the why or who. Yeah, yeah and, and I think there needs to be a fair sense of security in you as a leader to, to know your community and know what the law is asking you to. Just come back to that thought earlier, Paul, about, you know, looking at other people, looking at other things. You know, it's like, yeah, what's your capacity? What's the what's the opportunity? What do you yeah. people need? And it's completely unique in this moment. That's yeah. what's so interesting is that, um, yeah you can't look to other people because only you know your community you can you can know that there are other things going on and there, there are these options but it's like might be none of the above do you know what i mean because of the uniqueness that the law's given you and therefore on the one hand that's freeing on the other hand that's slightly like wow we are really following the spirit you know it puts you back into that place of dependence doesn't you rather than yeah. the model being the highest 
say, well, what's the model? What model do we need to follow? And it's like, no, what's Jesus asking? The model's being thrown out in a sense. But having said that, the values are still the same. So, you know, it's like, you know, the compassion, ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit, these things, proclamation, these things don't shift. And that's why planting in a new world, in some senses, we know exactly what our DNA is. We're just trying to work out how our DNA implants into a new moment and a new way and and it's not the same it's going to look radically different and and there needs to be a security about going after that and just being like okay you know it's reimagining church planting it's reimagining our communities it's not being scared of that and being like spirit of god you and that's when we bring our leadership together it's like let's get on our knees the starting point is break our hearts for our city again break our hearts for the people and then the lord suddenly that's when the favor comes in i'm giving you this opportunity and you're like well nobody else is doing that it's like amazing because your city's unique your town's unique your village is unique and i think that's a beautiful beautiful moment that we're in and that really resonates with what chuck freeland said last night like right at the end of his talk he talked about jesus broke through those multiple boundaries to that to to make sure that he went and found that woman and there was an yes. urgency, like nobody else was doing that. But Jesus, the spirit of God led Jesus to that moment. And he wants to lead us to a moment like that. And I think, you know, Alison, I'm just thinking, whatever's going on with you guys, if he gives you that sense, we need to follow it. Same for us. You know, I love that. Yeah. And I, I would say, I have... oh, sorry, go on, Alison. Go ahead. No, I just had a little phrase that came to mind when the two Jameses were sharing there. I had a, this little phrase, formation, not formula. So it's a spiritual formation in us and in our communities and what God is forming there rather than formulas mm -hmm. because formulas seem to be from pre-COVID now. So it's formation, not formula. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say as well, I think one of the, the most beautiful things I've seen among a number of our church plants is it's been really liberating because it takes the focus off the thing that you think you can control it takes the focus off numbers and it says it causes you to say but what is the father saying to me and what is he saying for us and our community and on in response to that what am i going to do about it and it will look slightly different for all of us in the context and the the, the, the kind of the the way we birth that but we, it brings us back to our values of what is the father saying and how do i respond and how can i just um answer a, a question by rob pickersgill oh it's gone where did it go i've got it i can read, go on, it, you read it yeah now we've opened the front door wide what do we do when restrictions are eased close it again continue online as long as possible i'm thinking for church plants without the resources to concurrently run, e.g. an online service and an in-person mm. service. Do, do you know, for me, this just comes back, right back into your values of what the Lord's called you to. So, um, you, you know, this is a conversation I was literally having yesterday. You know, is it, you know, do you, and I can only speak from my context, but I think this is the same thing that everybody's going to have to go through. I was like, for us, we will always have some kind of online um moving forward it's like we're not going to go back but i don't want to create an online worldwide site that's not the value for me the value for me is to multiply local geographical communities of which they might take our content and our teaching 
So therefore, it doesn't matter for me whether it's like it, it might well be pre-recorded in our context because I'm like it's, it's saying, well, what are we called to? I don't feel called to run an online worldwide site, but I do want to multiply communities with the resources that God's given us. And across Wales, there's lots of rural, smaller places, you, you know, that it's like actually they might be able to take some of the stuff. You know, these are the opportunities. They might be able to take some of the stuff that we're doing. They might cover, come under our covering of teaching. And they might be able to start small groups in more rural geographical communities. And then we train them how to run communities. Do you know what I mean? And therefore, that's where, so for me, that's the multiplication thing. But it's the value of holding the both. So I know that online site's not what we're called to. Therefore, it's going, what are we called to? And, and so for a, on, for a church plant, it might be actually the thing that we're called to right now is we can't do both. We don't have that capacity. It's gather it's it's going completely physical for instance it it could be i'm not i'm not saying but that's where your values will dictate the values plus the holy spirit will dictate that decision yeah that's good let me let me just um bring us to the to the the final one because i think this will be really helpful for a lot of people he said finally he encouraged people to entrust their life to god and um i guess we're in a, a very similar moment but what what can people do now? What does it what does it mean? I guess there's there's so much within this. It's soul care, it's spiritual formation, it's the rhythms of discipleship, it's realizing that this is a we're in a trust and faith moment and we see and acknowledge our weakness. But what would be some of the reflections you guys might share? And maybe even personally, how's it has it done that for you? God, Alison, you can <laughs> just the word that has come to my mind is just recalibrate. It feels everything has kind of gone slightly off center in many ways. Um, and we have to keep coming back to who are we? What do we do? It's just the basics. It's just that return to basics. Why have we planted this church? Who is God? forming within us who are we becoming who what does he want and it's just that recalibration so for me personally I think I've never been this dependent on prayer I've never been this grasping of the Holy Spirit just for what are you saying to me personally in this moment as a wife as a mom as a church leader you know whatever and it's just that recalibration because we won't function well if something is off kilter and it's just being just that word recalibration and for me i've also needed solitude and that's been really hard to get mm -hmm. um in our home at the moment but i think we need to come into a peaceful place where we can really hear god because we certainly for us as a, a church plant we really need to know what the spirit is saying to us um we cannot do this alone mm -hmm. um so yes just that place of dependency we're very aware of but um yeah just a deepening awareness of the power of prayer and of god's answers to prayer and um just a place of gratitude when there's so much despair i think thankfulness is key um yeah so i just thought of that little bit in the video you know lord we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you so that's for me personally where i'm sitting Like I'll go. Um, for, for me, the last period has just been about roots for our community. Do you know what I mean? It's like, 
you know, we've always known about the discipleship things. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you just need to read your Bible. You need to read your Bible. You need to read your Bible. And it's, and, and people are just asking a deeper question of how. Do you know what I mean? So we, we've, we've had to really do some more formational foundational stuff, which is, this is, it, this is how you do it. And we're going to help you to do it. Um, so it's the forming of the roots in this moment, because that's the preparation thing. Um, I felt, you know, I was given a word last week from uh, Joel 1 verse 14, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. And for us, the, the season that we're in, it just feels like that. It's like there has to be a summoning of the people of God to cry out to the Lord. Um, and the Lord is doing a deep work in our community and but that first of all starts with you doesn't it or it, it brings you it's only you can only call that out in your community if the lord is asking you to do it as well and you've got to go there first um and that is a deep work of the lord and yeah so yeah it's it's the roots the roots the roots the roots the roots have got to go deep because the truth is we will have lost people in this pandemic as well as we come out there's you know i was interested by what chuck was saying last night I had a really great chat with jen at the end because she's a gp and and she was like, you know, the truth is a lot of society are, are waiting for science to be the answer as well. So there's the two things. Are the questions that society are asking in this moment? Absolutely. But for some people, it's like, well, science is the answer. Do you know what I mean? It's like we're just waiting for the vaccine. The scientists have done it. And so we've got these we've got this moment of science and the Lord of in this questioning moment. And um so I, I was like oh that's a fascinating thing you know and in, in to think about those those two where are people going to look to for answers from from this moment and um and th they've just got to see something of the power of god in our communities Definitely. ultimately it, it's got to be more than you know and i know we know this but it's got to be more than we're a good social club you know you know they could go back to david lloyd when it's all over and now we'll have a beautiful venue and they'll be able to play tennis and go swimming and all of those things if they want connection you know that what what is it that differentiates us it's the presence and the power of god and the stories that will have come out of of how god has spoken to us and what god has implanted into us and so it's only if that's in our community that people will want to be a part of that community when we come out the other end it's good I wonder, yeah. if, can I throw maybe yeah. a curveball in or, or it's partly curveball? I think it. Fits, I love a curveball. I think it fits really well with what you're saying, James, uh, you know, going back to our roots. And actually, we are a family, aren't we? And then we hear God in family. And we I think I'm thinking about like the diversity of the leaders of Antioch, you know, and they recognize that this is God at work. And I, sometimes I think we can become quite parochial in our in our, and kind of very, you know, this is what God's saying to us. But actually, when we crack it open and we we ask for some global perspective, I think suddenly that in itself shifts some things in our hearts and challenges us a little bit. I think it's never been easier to connect with the broader, wider Vineyard Church across the world. And I think some of our brothers and sisters in these other parts of the world, how they've dealt with COVID, their missional uh, evangelistic entrepreneurship going on there can also um, be the thing that triggers something new in our own hearts for our own country, uh, not just spiritually, but maybe even practically as well. And also brings a perspective for us and our people that actually in some ways, even though it's been really tough here, you know, it's been 
even tougher in other parts of the world. And, and I think there's a mature perspective that comes when we hear from our family. And so I just wonder, right, like this is me putting my little mission hat on suddenly. I'm just thinking, is there a conversation to be had in the waiting, in the shaping with our family across the world, you know, and, and to reconnect with the global family of God and allow a new relationship of maybe renewed relationships with partners that we have or, or new ones to have another voice coming in to help shape how we do things. I just know in my own heart and in my own life and ministry over the years when I've had men, godly men and women, friends, mums and dads and brothers from other countries who have just shared some stuff either by osmosis or directly it has radically shifted something in my heart and i just think maybe there's an opportunity here you know over the next few months while people are waiting you know and the mission teams are going to put on zoom calls you know for people to connect with pastors all over the world in africa and you know and and, and india and places where what we're saying is there's existing partnerships here but also, there's, um, you know, you could feed into that, connect with it, maybe through prayer initially. I mean, James, me and you were on that call, was that about four months ago? James and I were on the call with, what, 25 pastors? In India. And it was rad. Oh. It was like, wow, so life-giving. And, you know... Because it makes you realise the situation you're in, doesn't it? You, when we're sitting there going, oh, do you know what, it's hard. And then suddenly you're like... Oh my goodness, like, what am I even, yeah, do you know what, it was deeply, deeply profound, I agree with you. And, and until you've got this young couple are planting a church in the heart of like the slums of Delhi, and they're going, and Lord bless these guys in the UK, bless Rankin there, you know, in Wales, and it's like, <laughs> you know, who are we? <laughs> something in the spirit yeah. is shifting in yeah, our lives yeah. and hearts and i just think there's a, a brilliant opportunity for us as a movement to, to 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 actually reconnect or to connect and invest in our global family and allow that to cut back uh into our lives um i don't know if i'm allowed to just tell a story in that uh you're never allowed to tell a story james i just wanted to there is a story <laughs> embargo um <laughs> I guess, I guess I just want to wet people's whistles, you know, because, you know, you just don't know where a relationship and a fresh connection will lead you. I mean, I had, you know, this is going back nearly 20 years ago when I had a conversation with a just the most adorable church planter in Sri Lanka. And that one conversation has kickstarted nearly 20 years of us taking teams into Sri Lanka. And, you know, I was just thinking, and then, and then going to that place, and, I, and we're praying, aren't we, that that stuff will open up again. And, 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 and maybe in the prayer times and the connecting on Zoom, we build runways. It's a, mm. like a, a runway for us to, for, for some of our guys to go and to be received and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, what I found over the years is that short-term mission generates incredible uh change in those individuals to come back and do stuff in our own hometowns you know and god's spirit seems to move in those moments as well so let me just i'll land with this little story and you'll have a laugh but one of our well we took a team out and uh 
we'd been running this youth camp and it was great fun. And we went back to the hotel and we're sitting in the bar debriefing and, you know, we just started to pray and to worship as you do in full vineyard style in a bar. And, uh, and, uh, and, and one of our guys, and I don't think you won't mind me saying Dave Hall, we just started to pray for Dave and Dave is just, the Holy Spirit comes upon Dave in unbelievable power. Like he can't control himself in this. And we're in a public bar and he's like almost roaring. Well, I mean, that just was hilarious. And, uh, and but, but, but it kickstarted something. I mean, Dave kind of came back from Sri Lanka with a heart uh, uh, and he became our youth work, uh, our youth pastor. He is like the youth whisperer. He's an extraordinary worship leader. Now I'm not just saying that it all happened in that one moment, but those were things that helped. You know, off the back of the roaring, I got the opportunity to walk across to a group of men who were sat at a table and they were like, what is going on? Turns out it was the local police commissioner and his senior team drinking whiskey and having a night out. And I had the opportunity just to share Jesus with these guys, also have a glass and then end up praying for them. You know what? The global family cuts back into the local in a beautiful way. Yeah, it does. Wow. We, we had, um, right at the start of the pandemic, we got a real heart as a church for an area in Albania that is, is huge and they, they were celebrating that they had free ventilators and they don't they didn't even have any oxygen for them and it just kind of puts a lot of things into perspective doesn't it but i realized time's kind of running away from us quite quickly just uh, wanted to mention a couple of things firstly i've just put a, the link to the multiply part of the vineyard church's website you can follow up through that also there's an invitation in there to a 15 minute chat we would love to invite you to have a follow-up conversation Something might be stirring in you, landing in you, whether that be missions, local or global. But we we just believe the Lord will be speaking to a number of you and we'd love to follow that up with you alongside a number of our uh, multiply coordinators. But just almost by way of closing, maybe, James, did you want to... I, I just believe that the Lord probably has stirred a number of people. Do we want to speak into that? Yeah, I let, let me just pray in finishing. Like, If you could just take a moment wherever you are, you know, we've spoken a lot. Just open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. Get comfortable. I won't be long. This is more like a power prayer that I'm going to do. So get ready. Come on. <laughs> Jesus, we just say, come, Lord, come in power. You know, the picture James gave earlier of just being set on fire by the Holy Spirit. Carriers of the Spirit carriers of the presence carriers of you and lord as you're beginning to activate lord i want to pray for pioneers come on yes. i want to pray for innovators i want to pray for a security in what the lord has said that you're like the lord has said this and i'm gonna go for it mm. take off fear and instill courage heavenly courage courage from heaven i pray over you right now so just receive the courage from heaven to step into the things that he has for you unashamedly i am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of god for the salvation of everyone who believes mm -hmm. so let it come right now yeah. and we just say no to anything the voices that would get in the way say you can't do this just say no the lord has called me this is his plan this is what he's got and i follow him 
and I listen to him and I obey him. So be encouraged and be utterly filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled and continually filled with the Holy Spirit right now. And I pray for the rest of the day that you'll be antsy in your pantsy because you're like, the Lord is on me. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, he's moving in Jesus name. Amen.